Well, last week we were challenged, hopefully, to go beyond the ABCs of God's Word. To stop laying the foundation of our faith over and over again by constantly talking about repentance, faith, baptism, gifts, the end times, and judgment, and to go on to plumb the depths of God's Word, becoming well accustomed with all that it says, so we can discern God's will when confronted with decisions and when confronted by the issues of life. Now, obviously, that requires a diligent study of God's Word, all of it. But what if you don't want to? What if you don't want to? What if you don't like to study? What if you don't like to read? What if you're not interested in becoming a Bible scholar? And uh, what some might consider to be a religious fanatic. What if all you want is to be a good person, to live a good life, mind your own business, pay your religious dues, And then go to heaven when you die. Can't you just settle for that? Well, maybe you can. But you should be aware of the real danger involved in not going on to maturity. As we saw last week, if you don't grow, there's a tendency to lose what you once had. If you get lazy ears, a lazy mind is not far behind. And you tend to forget what you once knew. You lose grip of what you once had. Besides, if you never go beyond into the meat of the word and you stay with milk year after year, you're actually going to get tired of milk. You're going to get bored with your religious diet, and pretty soon it won't bother you if you miss a meal or two. After all, you've heard it all before, or at least you think you have, because your ears have tuned out everything new. The excitement will be gone. The challenge, the thrill of discovery, it'll all be gone. Now, you'll have matured in other areas of your life, but you'll still be a baby in religious things. So other things will start looking better and better. You know, they're challenging. They're exciting. You really get something out of them. So they start taking priority. And then one day you discover that your infantile faith is no longer sufficient for the new challenges in your life. So you leave it behind. And that is the real danger of not going on to maturity. You know, our life isn't static. It's always changing. And if our faith isn't growing along with the rest of our life, there's a real possibility, even a probability, that we will leave our faith behind. And if we do that, we lose everything, including our eternal life. 
Now, I know some claim that it's impossible for a Christian, a true Christian, to ever lose his eternal life. And they quote the promise passages that indicate that believers are eternally secure. And it is true that believers are eternally secure. Nothing can separate believers from the love of God. For as Paul said in Romans 8, 38-39, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Indeed, believers are eternally secure. However, however, it is possible to stop being a believer. We can separate ourselves from God. We can abandon our faith. Apostasy is possible. Even for a true blue, born-again Christian. Robert Shank, a Southern Baptist preacher, has listed 85 New Testament passages in his book, Life in the Sun, that clearly establishes what he calls the doctrine of conditional security. Passages that teach that we must continue to abide in Christ and be faithful to him if we are to live with him forever. Included in that list are even several of our Lord's parables. The parable of the unforgiving servant that teaches if we've been forgiven, but then refuse to forgive others, our forgiveness will be revoked. The parable of the ten virgins that teaches that if we aren't ready when the door is opened to enter the wedding feast, even if we've been ready at one time, that we will be shut out. The parable of the sower that teaches that some who receive the word of God and then begin to grow later fall away because their commitment doesn't go deep enough or because they let the good things of God be crowded out by worries, riches, and possessions. The parable of the unfaithful steward that teaches us that if we fail to carry out our responsibilities, we will be assigned a place with unbelievers when the master returns. And the parable of the vine and branches that teaches that if we fail to abide in Christ, we'll be gathered up as dry branches and cast into the fire. So the Bible does teach that our security is conditioned by our holding fast to the word of God. And by persevering in our faith to the end. The author of Hebrews seeks to motivate his readers to persevere and to go on to maturity in Christ. By reminding them of this fact in our text for today. And he begins by making it clear that anyone, anyone can fall away. We're in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Verses 4 through the, sixth part, the first part of, of verse 6. For in the case of those who have been enlightened 
and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. Stop there. Only those with a blinding doctrinal bias could fail to see that the author is picturing here the falling away of true Christians. He speaks of those who have been enlightened, who have seen the light, who, because of God's revelation, have come to see how things really are. Those who have come to the truth of God and have tasted the heavenly gift. And to taste something in this allegorical sense is to experience it. When the Bible says Jesus tasted death for our sakes, it doesn't mean he sampled death. It means he fully experienced death. So those in view here are those who have experienced the heavenly gift, who have found forgiveness for their sins. And he says they've been made partakers of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually indwells their life. He lives within them. So there can be no doubt about their being Christians. These are people who have experienced what the Word of God says is true, who have experienced the powers of the age to come. They have seen God at work in their life. But yet, they have fallen away. They have turned their back on the Lord and deserted the faith. Now, our author doesn't tell us why they fell away. But since the focus of his warning is the need to go on to maturity in Christ, I think it can be safely assumed that these Christians had stopped growing. They had become dull of hearing and had subsequently lost what they once had. So apparently our past experiences aren't enough to keep us secure. In God's grace, even if those experiences include the forgiveness of sins and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, our relationship with the Lord has to be an ongoing relationship. Now, I realize some people assume they have nothing to worry about because they initially did the right things. They laid the proper foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. They understood what he did for them, and that they could not earn their salvation. They were properly baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. And they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. He indwelt them. Perhaps they were even given positions of responsibility in the church. But if they never went on to build on the foundation that had been laid in their life, Or if they did, but somewhere along the line stopped building and figured they'd gone far enough and could just rest secure in what they had done, they may be in trouble. Their building may be in danger because inactivity leads to disintegration. You know what happens if you don't maintain your car 
or your house, the same thing can happen to your spiritual life. If you just let it sit there, it won't be long until your spiritual house will begin to crumble. And before long, you'll be back to the foundation and in need of once again being instructed in the elementary principles of God's Word. And then, if you quit listening, if you become dull of hearing because you think you already know all you need to know, all you want to know, you can lose even the foundation. You can fall away completely and perhaps even irrevocably. Because it's possible for a Christian to fall so far away from the Lord that repentance becomes impossible. Speaking of those who go that far, the writer of Hebrews says, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance. Since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God, And put him to open shame. Now this is not saying that if a Christian sins after becoming a Christian, that he's beyond hope. As long as we keep trusting Christ to save us, his blood keeps us clean. In spite of our failures and the resulting sin in our lives. But it is possible to stop trusting in Christ. It is possible to turn our back on Christ and walk away from Him. And this some have done. Through neglect of their spiritual development, they have disintegrated beyond hope. Through years of intentional dull hearing, they have so hardened themselves to the voice of Christ that they can no longer hear Him. They've gone beyond the point where repentance is possible. Now, just exactly where that point is, I don't know. I can't say. If someone has gone beyond the past, gone beyond past the point of repentance, but I can say that that point does exist. There is a point beyond which repentance for a fallen Christian is impossible. To deny this is to deny the explicit warning of Scripture. It's possible for a man to so stray from the Lord that he, in effect, crucifies the Son of God all over again. He ceases to let Christ reign in his heart, and in a very real sense, hangs him back on the cross, declaring by his repudiation of Christ's claim on his life that that's where the Son of God belongs, back on the cross of a criminal, an imposter. In doing so, he puts Christ to open shame. Because he communicates to the world, I've tried him, but I don't want him. I've experienced what he has to offer, but found it wasn't enough. When a man gets that far, he's lost for good. 
And the sad thing is that no Christian intentionally sets out to stray from his Lord. It happens only through the inexcusable neglect of our spiritual development. It can only happen if we refuse to grow up. So we must go on to maturity. Growth isn't optional for a Christian. Either we grow or we die. You see, it's not enough to just become a Christian. You've got to go on to bear fruit for the Lord. And make no mistake, a fruitful life is imperative. This is made perfectly clear by the illustration our author gives us in the next two verses. For the ground that drinks the rain, which often falls upon it, and brings forth vegetation, useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. We are like ground that the Lord has purchased at a great price. Ground that he has tilled and watered and labored over in the hopes of a fruitful harvest. If we bring forth good visitation, we'll be blessed. If we become what the Lord has planned for us to become and is even now laboring to enable us to become, we will be blessed. However, If after all his tilling and watering and sacrificial labor, all we yield are thorns and thistles, we're in danger of being cursed. And ultimately, if the situation doesn't change, if after repeated tilling and watering on his part, we still yield nothing but thorns and thistles, we will end up being burned. You see, God expects you to grow. Bearing fruit means that you grow in the likeness of Christ. Bearing fruit doesn't mean you've won people to Christ. It simply means you have become like Christ. That's what it means to bear fruit. God expects you to grow. He didn't sacrifice his son just to keep you out of hell. He sent Christ to enable you to once again fellowship with him and to become like him. If you refuse to do that, you've misunderstood completely God's intention for your life. And if you keep ignoring What he has to say to you, you run the risk of straying completely out of the reach of his voice. So by all means, take seriously the need to go on to maturity in Christ. Don't assume maturity 
is optional. It is essential. If you look back on your Christian experience and you see that nothing has changed, you're still doing exactly what you were doing 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, there may be a problem. There may be a problem. If you've settled into a routine that you think is sufficient, there may be a problem. You've got to grow. That means you've got to go further. (laughs) You've got to do more. Not to earn salvation, but to become all that God wants you to become. Because if you don't keep growing, you're going to stagnate. If you don't keep growing, your life is going to shrink spiritually. The things that you do will become routine and less and less meaningful. Because you're not challenged, you're not thinking You're not changing. We need to go on to maturity. It's not enough just to become a Christian. You've got to become all that the Lord wants you to become. You've got to surrender completely to his will. And you've got to continue working with him to bring forth the harvest In your life that he has planned for you. To refuse to do so is to run the risk of apostasy. And losing what you may now have. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. But if you settled into a routine, you're going to lose everything. I'm saying you run a risk of it. A very real risk. And many have lost their hope of eternal salvation because they settled for some kind of a religious routine. You don't want to lose what you have. And so you keep growing. Are you willing to surrender your all to the Lord? Are you willing to commit yourself to a life of growth? Are you willing to go on to maturity? If you need to make public your commitment to do so, are you willing to do so now? If you are, now is the time to come. Commit yourself to a life of growth. Let's stand together.